This is the Daily Detail, powered by 1819 News, Honest News. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. The voice of Alabama values. Alabama. Unbelievable people. And now, here is Andrea Tice. The sponsor of the Price Act is calling out a tactic that is currently being used in the Alabama Senate. The school choice bill was first sent to the Senate Education Committee. That committee went so far as to have a public hearing with public comments being evenly divided between those in support and those opposed to the school choice initiative. Now the committee chairman, Donnie Chestine, is sending the bill over to the Senate Budget Committee. The bill's sponsor, State Senator Larry Stutz, spoke at that public hearing and then responded to Chestine's decision saying that he had suggested the bill go to the budget committee first and that this was all a stalling tactic being used by the chairman to run out the legislative clock. Alabama Senator Tommy Tuberville is getting a well-known liberal senator from Massachusetts all upset. Tuberville recently blocked a move from Senator Elizabeth Warren, who wanted to go around the military promotion process that Tuberville has been blocking. Tuberville is doing so in order to stop the Pentagon's new abortion policy. Warren took to the Senate floor this week to bemoan Tuberville's stance on the issue, even going so far as to suggest that Tuberville's protest is a threat to national security. Warren sought unanimous consent for the Senate to place a vice admiral in a NATO military committee. However, Tuberville and Senator Mike Lee of Utah objected to Warren's move, Tuberville says he warned Defense Secretary Lloyd Austin that this new policy on abortion is in violation of federal law, and as a result, the high-level nominees would be delayed. Lieutenant Governor Will Ainsworth is all on board with removing the grocery sales tax for Alabamians. Ainsworth spoke about it with 1819 Executive Editor Jeff Poor on FM Talk 106.5 out of Mobile. You know, my long-term goal is to make sure we eliminate the grocery tax in Alabama. I think so. We've looked at a lot of different ideas. Uh, we're getting ready to roll out a proposal that will eliminate the grocery tax in half. Okay, um, It'll phase it in over four years. And we've got, as of a few minutes ago, we've got 34 of the 35 senators co-sponsored. And you know, working on getting the 35th, which would be all of them. Speaking of the House caucus today, I think I can get a lot of the House members on board. 34 or 35 senators, which is almost everyone, sponsoring that, that's huge, right? And I think a sends a clear message that Alabama is ready to, you know, take the first step and eliminate the grocery tax and, um, you know, do it in a way that's going to be beneficial to everyone. Two state lawmakers are headed to the southern border next week. House Speaker Nathaniel Ledbetter, along with Senate President Pro Tem Greg Reed, will visit the border state of Texas to better understand the deterioration of border security. Ledbetter told 1819 News that this is something that state agencies, as well as law enforcement, have wanted the state lawmakers to do in order to see how the border crisis is impacting Alabama. Reed and Ledbetter will travel to Texas on Monday, May 1st, and return May 2nd. A bill that would fill in the financial loss to sheriff's offices throughout the state regarding concealed carry permit fees has passed the Alabama House and now heads to the Alabama Senate. State Representative Russell Bedsell sponsored HB 320, which creates a fund, which is called the Sheriff's Advancement in Education Technology and Training Fund, and then allocates $7.5 million to that fund. With the state creating this fund, it will make up for the permit fees that are normally collected by the Sheriff's Office from individuals who are seeking a concealed weapons permit. Those permit fees are no longer being collected ever since the passage of the Constitutional Carry Law back in 2022 and its full effect, which started in 2023. Down in Dothan, jurors in the Coley-McCraney case have returned a guilty verdict on all four counts 
for the 1999 murders of two teenagers, J.B. Beasley and Tracy Hollett. The nine-day trial had Alabama Attorney General Steve Marshall as its lead prosecutor. The cold case was dead for 20-some years until DNA was used to link McCraney to the DNA that was found and filed at the crime scene. On Monday, McCraney took to the stand claiming that he had met one of the victims, J.B. Beasley, at a mall months before her death and that the night of her death was the night that he and Beasley had planned to meet up and that this led to sex in his vehicle. WTVY News reports that A.G. Marshall told the jury to use common sense and reject outlandish claims made by McCraney. Marshall called it a last-ditch attempt to save himself. A man who was part of the early release of Alabama prison inmates this past January is now back behind bars and facing rape charges. 33-year-old Ronald Coley is also charged with domestic violence, all of which was against his own wife. Back in 2018, Coley pleaded guilty to domestic violence and strangulation that involved the same woman. Coley was apparently out on probation in 2021, but then had to return to prison when he tested positive for meth and marijuana. Coley was supposed to receive an ankle monitor upon his early release in 2023, but he never showed up for his fitting. For more in-depth stories affecting the state of Alabama, go to 1819news.com. In national news, the White House is confirming that a second American has died in the country of Sudan. The White House did not release the identity of that American. Earlier this week, President Joe Biden said it is unsafe for the U.S. to conduct government-sponsored evacuations from Sudan, such as an airlift. This has left many Americans in that country without any help or avenues to leave. However, other countries like the U.K., France, Germany, Italy, and Japan have been doing these types of evacuations in the past few days. There are two generals at war with each other in Sudan, which has caused a lot of chaos and violence. 500 people have died so far, and the airport in Khartoum is now closed. There's another thing that's of concern when it comes to Sudan, and that is the biolabs there. The Sudan Public Health Laboratory was recently seized by one of the military groups, causing concern for the huge biological risk that this creates. Nima Saeed Abid is the Sudanese representative to the World Health Organization. Abid has called the situation extremely dangerous because those labs have polio strains, measles strains, and cholera strains inside. Also worthy of note is the fact that U.S. taxpayers have, in fact, funded these biolabs through several U.S. government agencies, agencies like the Department of Defense, the Center for Disease Control, and the National Institute of Health. The Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation has also offered funding for these labs. The studies and the funding of these disease strains can all be verified in the various papers and brochures and promotional materials that are put out by these particular U.S. agencies. The Sixth Circuit Court of Appeals has ruled against a bump stock ban in the case known as Hardin versus the BATF. The three-judge panel determined that a bump stock is not a machine gun part, that it should be prohibited by federal law. The ruling comes after the BATF changed their previous rule on bump stocks, which allowed for them. They're now seeking to prohibit the bump stocks and make them illegal. The judges in this case cited a governing judicial principle in their ruling, and that is if there are two possible readings of a federal law that determines a crime, the harsher alternative should be rejected because Congress should have spoken in language that is clearer and definitive. In the court's written conclusion, Judge Gilman suggested that the ambiguity could be cleared up if Congress wanted to do so through legislation. However, that has not happened at this point. Speaking of judges, a judge in Arkansas has ordered the president's son, Hunter Biden, to appear in person in court next week to deal with child payment issues with the mother of his son. 
London Roberts is the woman accusing Biden of ignoring a court order to provide financial information as a means of determining child support payments. Lawyers for Roberts are asking the judge to consider Hunter in contempt and put him in jail until he complies with this discovery. The judge responded by saying that going forward in this case, he wants both clients physically present at every hearing that he conducts so as not to delay the case over simple points. The hearing for Biden is set for next Monday. And when it comes to lawsuits, Disney CEO Bob Iger is taking Florida Governor Ron DeSantis to court. A lawsuit was filed in federal court over the governor and state legislature and their decision to remove the tax-exempt status for Disney's massive resort in Orlando. Disney is calling it a targeted campaign of government retaliation that is patently anti-business and patently unconstitutional. This all started when a bill limiting the discussion of gender and sex in education was passed in the state of Florida. Disney called it the Don't Say Gay Law and lashed out at DeSantis. The governor, in turn, removed their special tax status and the personal board of supervisors that had been in place for years. A Michigan Democrat is sentenced to six months of House arrest for tampering with ballots in the 2020 election. Kathy Funk pleaded no contest to the charges that she sabotaged a ballot box to make those ballots ineligible for a recount during primary voting. Funk was running for re-election at that time for the position of town clerk. After her sabotage of that particular ballot box, with the claim that someone had broken into the town hall, she then happened to win that election. Judge Latana delivered a stern lecture to Funk at sentencing this week. Listen to the court's recitation of the facts from the report that you didn't object to. I gave you the opportunity to, and you chose not to. You are not allowed to stand there and say, I didn't do it. The facts are established. You did it. You're listening to The Daily Detail from 1819 News. If you are enjoying The Daily Detail and want to make sure that these reports come up easily on your smartphone, then be sure to hit the subscribe or follow button on whatever podcasting app you are using. It's usually on the main page of The Daily Detail. That could be on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Podbeam, or some other app. And also be sure to visit 1819 News for more reliable, up-to-date information on what's going on around here in Alabama. You can also join 1819 News by becoming a member, which will get you exclusive content as well as 1819 merchandise. You can visit 1819news.com backslash membership to learn more. I'm Andrea Tice. I'll be back again tomorrow. I look forward to updating you then. Alabama. Alabama. Our great state. Alabama. Of Alabama. This has been The Daily Detail. For more up-to-date news, go to 1819news.com, where you'll find honest news and Alabama values. 